Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. First of all, I want to welcome our online congregation. You guys just joined us a minute ago. Welcome. It's good to have you along with us as well. And I'd like for everyone to get your Bibles open to the book of Romans, Romans chapter number eight. I'm going to look at Romans eight, verse one here in just a minute. So get your Bible, open it up to that. While you're finding that, if you've not yet participated in our spiritual life survey, that is on the City Life app. I, that's a real important element for us moving forward as a church. And you'll, you'll also get a personalized report uh, on, on your own spiritual life uh, when you, after you fill that out. I don't get to see your detail, but, but I'm going to see an aggregate report of, of the entire congregation. But I encourage you to please take 10 minutes and fill that out if you haven't done that yet. Uh, also, I, mean, I just, just got to share a few things from the Holy Spirit Workshop. Just a, just a few cards I have here, uh, just testimonies of what God did. This person says, God answered many of my questions regarding some of the trials of my life. And this is what we did yesterday. And it says, many of the answers are not even what I wanted, but they're what I needed. I love that. Here's another person that says, God opened my heart even more and released fear and anxiety that I've been holding on to over the past few weeks. Another person says, I received a jolt of Holy Spirit energy, and I'm going to use it to walk in the Spirit. Another person says, at the Holy Spirit workshop, God reminded me that nothing is impossible with him, and he is answering my prayers for my children. Another person said that at the Holy Spirit workshop, that, uh, that they received a renewal of their spirit. Another person said, God broke down barriers for me to grow closer to him, to be more vulnerable and receptive by growing and building relationships with the Holy Spirit. Another person said, God shined lights on areas of need for change in my life and to push me more toward change. Another person says, God reconnected and refilled me with the Holy Spirit. And, and just, they just go on and on. I, I could read these forever, but, but it was a great time. And I, I am glad for even for the overflow that we feel and experience today. Well, I love my city. I think you guys know that. And I love also studying and learning about the history of Fort Worth. We have a very rich history as the 12th largest city in the United States. Certainly didn't start off that way, but, uh, but, but this, this city has just continued to grow and thrive. And you know that we, again, are the fastest growing city in the United States. So many people are moving to this city, into this area, and we're grateful to God that God's given us a place right here in downtown. Uh, but, but I especially love the history of downtown Fort Worth. And I think it's because these are the streets that I walk the most. I don't, I don't even drive my car downtown. I really don't unless I absolutely have to. I love to walk the streets and I know the streets and I know the shortcuts and all that stuff. I get, you know, I, if, if you walk with me through downtown, you might get a little confused because I'll, I'll take you all kinds of crazy places, cutting across various parking lots and through buildings. And there are tunnels underneath the, the city. That's all kinds of really interesting stuff around here. But but a few blocks from here, actually, I would say about, about eight blocks from here, there used to be one of the largest department stores in the world. It was actually here. Uh, it, th- this, this department store had literally 
I mean, literally everything that you wanted to buy. It, it, it also had the world's only privately and the lights, the night when the lights went out in Georgia. All right. Uh, there we go. But I don't know. See, the things happen. Actually, just to let you know, we are having some trouble with our, it's not these guys that are causing the problem. We have a lighting board situation. We're trying to get this fixed and renewed. So if the lights do anything weird, uh, just know we're, we're looking at some new fixes on that. Okay. Uh, but if you don't want me to sing about the night when the lights went out, I'm, I'm just going to keep on going here. All right. But but they, they had the world's only, is still the world's only privately owned subway right here in Fort Worth that connected this department store to some remote parking lots because so many people were coming and the, the remote parking lots are about, uh, about a mile away. Uh, they, they are, they're proud to say they had the very first escalator in the, in, uh, under the, uh, the Mason-Dixon line. And, and if you talk to any old timer around Fort Worth, people who have been around here for a while, they will tell you about their personal experiences about this extravagant department store called Leonard's. Now, it was advertised that Leonard's, there you could buy, this is how they promoted themselves, you can buy a piano, a petticoat, and a packet of pumpkin seeds. You can buy a fur coat and a windmill. Leonard's made their own pasta and candy. They had a creamery also where they made dairy products. They, they, made their, they, they roasted their own coffee. They baked their own bread. And they put the Leonard's brand on products such as laundry detergent, refrigerators, and freezers. And they had this little saying, uh, and it's kind of interesting. They said this, says you can smoke a Leonard's brand cigar. I don't know why you do that in the first place, but whatever. They, you can smoke a Leonard's brand cigar while pushing a Leonard's brand lawnmower you, lubricated by Leonard's brand uh, motor oil wearing Leonard's brand shoes. Now that's quite incredible. Uh, they, uh, Leonard's had a beauty salon, it had a grocery department, and an auto service department, a farm department. I mean, they put Walmart to shame, and that's fine with me. But here's the story. There were two men, Marvin and Obadiah, and they started this store in 1918 by purchasing unclaimed freight. And it started out of this little tiny store. And there should be a picture going back up there on, I want to show you that, how small that store was. There, there we are. It started out as a tiny store. It measured 25 by 60 feet. And by the 1960s, Marvin and Obadiah Leonard, they owned five and a half blocks of downtown Fort Worth. And that is absolutely amazing. And take a look at this next, next image here. I just took this, this picture just the other day uh, from their museum. They even created their own currency during the Great Depression. Uh, see, the president had closed all of the banks, and people couldn't cash their checks. So what do they do? Well, they would go to Leonard's. Leonard's would cash your check, and they couldn't give you real dollars, but they would give you Leonard's bucks, Leonard's dollars, and you could take those and buy anything in the store, which was everything. They, they had it all. And, and so these, these guys, they love Fort Worth. And they are also remembered as some of the greatest philanthropists uh, that Fort Worth has ever known. And they did this, actually, I discovered this by talking to a family member recently. They did this because of their faith in Jesus Christ and their belief in the Word of God. They were faithful. They were men of possibilities. You see, 
the Leonard's brothers, what they did is they simply had a what if dream. They acted on those what ifs and it grew to be an amazing, amazing place. Well, Tandy Corporation uh, uh, purchased Leonard's in the, the early 1970s, but they definitely left, left a mark on our city. In fact, just a little side note here. I'd love to hang out with you guys after church and invite you to, and I want to invite you to lunch. There's a place called M&O Grill. Now, it's, it's over near the Cultural District, but that means uh, that's Marvin and Obadiah. Those, those are the initials. And, uh, and there's also the, the Leonard's Museum, and it is for, the Leonard's Museum is free. The food you actually have to pay for. But if you would like to join me for lunch, I'm inviting, you know, well, let's just go storm the place. Let's just have, have a great time. But if you'd like to join us for lunch, uh, just go ahead and note, note the, the address right there. Take a picture of that before they, they hide that slide from you. And that's, that's the address so that you can get over there to M&O Station. It'll be a lot of fun just to learn a little bit more about this story. But you see, every dream begins with what if. Every success story begins with if. And that's what I'm talking about for the next few weeks. Starting a new series, then, and I've entitled this From Regrets to Possibilities. And I want to take you from regrets to possibilities. And today's message is entitled If Only. Now, this entire series of messages is based upon Romans chapter number eight. And so I'm going to ask you to read Romans eight on your own. Read it slowly, digest it, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you uniquely through that passage of scripture. Uh, John Piper, he's this renowned theologian and former pastor. He says that Romans eight is the greatest chapter in the Bible. And this guy was a heavy hitter theologian. Uh, he, I mean, it's like Michelangelo's David. It's like Da Vinci's Mona Lisa. It's like Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. It's like Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. It is an amazing chapter of Scripture. Now, I want you to look at Romans 8, 8 chapter, uh, chapter 8 right now, because it starts off with an explosive bang. I'm not going to read through it all, but let's take a look at a few scriptures that are in there. First of all, Romans 8, 1 says, there, therefore, there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. Bang. That's a good start for it. And it has an amazing ending. Look down at verse 38. This is actually, verse 38 is one of the most encouraging scriptures in the entire Bible. It says this, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. And right in the middle of this chapter, I'll go up to verse 28. Uh, it's it's kind of like the 7th Street Bridge that connects this part of downtown to the cultural district. It, it, it ties it all together. It says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. And, and there's also a subplot. There, there, it's, this, is, this is an incredible uh, passage. Look at verse 37. This is the subplot right here. It says, but in all things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. And I may have touched on all of these truths during this series of messages, but the touchstone, I guess you could call it the hinge on which uh, the entire chapter turns is one small word. It's found right in the middle uh, of the chapter in verse number 31, and it's the word if. If, that's 
the touchstone word. If God is for us, who is against us? And that, let me tell you, that scripture right there is a game changer. And if you have doubts about God's intentions regarding some of the circumstances that you're facing right now, uh, if you're doubting God, those, those doubts will, uh, will manifest themselves in uh, like a thousand different forms of fear. But if you believe that God is for you in every single way, in every facet of life, then it is game on. And this causes all of your life to be transformed into this exciting uh, adventure of what if. In 1888, there was this Swedish uh, inventor by the name of Alfred Nobel. And he picked up the newspaper and read an obituary, his own obituary. You see, it was actually his brother Ludwig that had, that had died, but this French reporter incorrectly thought Alfred was the one who died. And so they printed this obituary, and in the obituary it said that Alfred Nobel has made it possible to kill more people more quickly than anyone else in history. In fact, this obituary said that he is the merchant of death. Alfred reading his own obituary while still living and breathing, that changed his life. It was a, it was a game changer for him, and, and it was a tipping point for Alfred. Yeah. Now, Alfred was this prolific uh, inventor who was granted during his lifetime 355 patents. Uh, he was recog- he's most recognized for his invention of something called nitroglycerin. Yeah. And he, he figured out that if it is, uh, if it is mixed with this ex- uh, absorbent sand and shaped into tiny sticks, that it could be something that called, was called dynamite. And he was the inventor of dynamite. This invention uh, caused a lot of possibilities, tunnels and dams and canals. It saved time. It saved money. It saved lives. But... Dynamite also had the power to be abused. In the wrong hands, dynamite became this destructive, deadly weapon. And that's why his obituary reflected so horribly upon him. So what he did is he dedicated the rest of his life about to, to really rewrite his legacy after reading this obituary. Uh, Alfred Nobel got his last will and testament and he rewrote it. And on November 7th, excuse me, November 27th, 1885, he decided to use his fame and the $500 million in today's dollars that was his fortune to create one of the most coveted awards in the world. And it's called the Nobel Prize. See, that was Nobel's what if. Today, 130 years later, Nobel's name is synonymous with the world's greatest advancements in science and in literature and medicine and peace. And, and the, the, the cumulative good from that one what if, it's, it's actually off the charts and it continues to motivate people today. See, it's because Alfred Nobel leveraged his if only after reading the obituary to what if. And you see, that's what God can do if you'll let him. 
There's a recent survey that was put out uh, that, that, was, that was given to older Americans, and they asked them this, if you could do your life over, what would you do different? Now, the answer varied. They, they were all answers all over the place, but overwhelmingly, three categories of answers came to the very top, and here were the answers. I would risk more. I would reflect more. And I would do more things that will live on after I die. So in other words, what they're saying is, if only I had risked more. If only I had reflected more. If only I had done more things that would live on after I died. And I just think that's a great question to ask yourself. If you had your life to do over again, what would you do different? And I want to add to it, why aren't you doing it? That's really the impetus behind what I'm talking about today. And I want you to hold that thought for just a second. See, one of the saddest epitaphs that's in the Bible is a rather uh, obscure scripture that you might just breeze right past while reading the book of Jeremiah. But it's, it really jumps out at you. It, it's jumped out at me, and it's found in Jeremiah chapter 46, verse 17. It's real simple. It says, they shouted there, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is nothing but a big noise. Look at this. He has let the appointed time pass by. Imagine that on your tombstone. Now, this was actually uh, Pharaoh Hophra, and he was the political and the spiritual leader of this, of, of really the most advanced civilization on the face of the earth at that time. He had potential, incredible potential. He had authority and power, and history was his for the making, but he missed his what-if moment. You see, he ruled for 19 years, so he probably had multiple opportunities, but he took that, if only, regret to his tomb. At the end of your life, your greatest regrets are not going to be the things that you did that you wish you hadn't done. That's truth. You see, your greatest regrets in life, at the end of this life, will be what you didn't do what you didn't have the courage to do, what you didn't have the faith to do that turned into your if-onlys. There are a couple of psychologists who, uh, who came up with this theory through their studies, which matches the survey of these older Americans, that, and, and it says that in the short term, we have acute regret over the mistakes we've made. I think we can all agree with that. When you make a mistake, there's horrible regret. But... What they studied and what they discovered is over the long haul, it says we regret our inactions much more than our actions. In fact, they gave a, a ratio 84 to 16%. 84% to 16% regretting the things you didn't actually take action on. So our greatest regrets, they're going to be the opportunities that are left on the table. Those are the if-onlys that could haunt you to your grave. Now, I want to put this in theological terms, and, and I'm, go I'm going to use sin because sin falls into two different categories. There are sins of commission and sins of omission. And the way to remember it is when you commit a sin, that is a sin of commission. So sin of commission is doing something you shouldn't have done. And, and really, we within the church, we, we put a heavy emphasis on the sins of commission. Don't do this. Don't do that. 
But the sin of omission is different. That's when you did not do something you should have done. And for some reason, as Christians, we don't focus very much on the sins of omission. But it's sin nonetheless. And we're going to be focusing on that today. You see, you can do nothing wrong and still do nothing right. Now, righteousness, by definition, literally means doing what is right. Uh, Not just resisting temptation, but making a difference with your life. Faithfulness is not just trying to hold the fort using God's, uh, just using, using faith, but instead it means to use faith to take God-ordained risks, going after God-ordained opportunities. It's using faith to pursue God-ordained dreams. It's about turning your regrets and in, into embracing new opportunities that are ahead of you. And I believe that the sins of omission grieve the heart of God the most. They do. It's like, I would have, should have, could have done this or that, but she didn't. (laughs) So the here and now, the here and now is waiting for your faith. And I don't want to live my life with any more regrets. Now listen, no one knows your God-given potential like the God who actually gave it to you in the first place. Potential is God's gift given to you. It's making most of that gift from God. And that's why we need to be listening to the voice of God. Now let's go back to Romans chapter 8. Look at Romans 8 verse 1. Because again, this Romans 8 1 begins with one of the most life-changing statements in all of Scripture. Take a look at it now. It says, therefore, there is no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. You should put that to memory. If you need to take a picture of that or put it in your notes, whatever, circle it in your Bibles, put that to memory. If you are a Christian, that means you are in Christ. You're in Christ Jesus. Your your, your sin is forgiven and it is forgotten. There is no condemnation at all. What is condemnation? Well, condemnation is a tool from hell. It's the voice of the enemy trying to make you feel guilty over confessed sin. And, and it discourages you. It, it di- disorients you. It puts you into this cycle of regret and hopelessness where you say, well, I messed up, so I'm just a loser. I'm a hopeless idiot. I, I, can't even, I don't even want to try anymore. I'm not good enough. Now, the opposite of that is something called conviction. Sometimes people get the two confused, but conviction is different. Conviction comes from God, and, and what it is, it's, it's a tool of God. It's the voice of God to convince you that sin in your life needs to be confessed. And so when we hear the voice of conviction, it is so important to respond to it because I believe that if you don't listen to his voice of conviction, what happens is is you're going to miss his guiding voice and his comforting voice also. You're going to miss all of that because you're tuning out the voice of God. See, hearing God, I believe it is a package deal. If you don't listen to everything that he's saying, it's difficult to hear anything that God is saying. Hearing the voice of God is critical for moving from regrets to possibilities. Hearing the voice of God is critical for busting out of your if-onlys. 
And so I encourage you to turn the dial in your life to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, and get that in your heart whenever you feel condemnation. There is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, here's how it works. The split second you commit a sin as a believer, okay, as long as you're washed in the blood of Jesus, the split second you commit a sin, that sin debt is immediately transferred to the cross. Now that's the forgiveness of Christ. But that's really only half the gospel. The other half of the gospel, because it says that we are in Christ, that means his righteousness. It's fully credited to our account. When God looks at us, he sees his son Jesus because we're in Christ. But when you stand before the throne of God on judgment day as a believer, as a Christian, washed in the blood of Jesus, you're not going to be judged for your sins of commission. See, that's already been paid for on the cross. Father sees the righteousness of Jesus that's credited to your account. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. But so many people are held back from walking into the realm of possibilities due to condemnation for things you did, past sins, regrets, missteps and mistakes. It's holding you back. And if condemnation is there and it's, you're not able to move forward, what it does is then it begins to zap your faith. And today is the day that I believe that this can be broken in your life. I want to ask you, what is holding you back from stepping out in faith? What is it? I mean, think about this. God has really showered so many blessings on you. What can you do with your time and your treasure and your talents that God has freely given to you? Because you see, we all will stand before the throne of God at the end of time. But as I shared a few weeks ago, you will be judged, we will be judged by what we did and didn't do with the opportunities that God gave to you. And if you took God-ordained risks, the scriptures are clear crystal clear that God will say this to you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. So your sins are forgiven. Put that past behind you and break out of that condemnation. So I ask you, what are you going to do with the gifts and the anointings and the opportunities that God's already given to you. Are, are you going to take new steps or are you going to just listen to this and then squander those opportunities? Where do you stand? Well, now I want to challenge you to let the power of the Holy Spirit infuse you to really be something extraordinary, something that, that, that God has actually called you to do, but you're holding back on it. Hear me well. God is always on your side every day and in every way. And today's the day I want to challenge you to make a decision to move forward in faith with your opportunities and put the condemnation of that old stuff behind you. God can't even remember it. And that's good news for us. I want us to pray. I want us to pray right now, and I want you to join me in this prayer. 
God, I want to thank you. We thank you for your forgiveness. God, I want to thank you that there is no condemnation at all, at all. God, I also pray that in this room, that everybody who's hearing me in this room and online, that we will break the power of fear, that the power of fear over our lives and regret, it will be broken and we will no longer be a servant to fear and a servant to our regrets, a servant to those if-only statements. Instead, God, increase our faith. Increase our faith. God, I pray for new faith. Lord, I pray for new boldness. God, I pray for new confidence in Jesus' name. I pray the blessing of God over everyone. In fact, will you guys all stand across this room right now? I want you just to reach up to the Lord right now. I want you just to reach up to God. Would you do this? And I want you to pray these words. Come on, just speak it from the bottom of your heart. Pray this out. Dear God, today I confess that condemnation will no longer hold me back. I am in you. And you are giving me new faith to step out into the future. There are great exploits. Come on, say it. There are great exploits that you've called me to do. It's different from others, but I'm going to follow your word. I'm going to follow your strength. (laughs) And I'm going to use the faith you've given me to step out to make a difference and to break the power of condemnation on my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, How many of you want to walk forward in that? Now, I believe this. See, I believe as we prayed earlier that God customizes a message for each one of us. Now, as I was preaching, very likely some things came to your mind. I didn't plant those thoughts there. All I did was plant the Word of God. The thoughts came, I believe, from the Holy Spirit. So what are you going to do now to take action on what God put on your heart? Take action. Take action. Some of you are going to, you need to go home this afternoon. You're going to write some things out. You're going to begin writing out a plan. You're going to begin writing out something that's been floating around your head, but you kept saying, no, I'm not good enough. I can't. I can't. I've I've been too messed up. My life just is so full of of bullet holes. I can't do anything. But God says, no, you are in Christ, and God has a destiny for you, and you're going to stand before the throne of God with me. And I hope to hear God look at you and say, well done. You've been a good servant. You've been a faithful servant. Now I want you to enter into joy and pleasure and fun and relaxation for eternity. Yes, that is what I believe God has for you. In fact, Jeremiah wants to sing that song one more time about the battle belongs. And let's lift our hearts and our voices to the Lord before we dismiss today. Come on. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.